Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 109. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, we have a special extended chat with one of our favourite chefs, and digital editor Alex is here to tell us all about it. Welcome, Alex. Hello. So who did you go and meet this week? Um, so I had the pleasure of visiting Sabor, the amazing Spanish oh, restaurant yeah. in um, just off Regent Street, and I got to chat to Nieves Barragan Moc. Cacho, nice. who is the um, owner and head chef, yeah. and she's got a fascinating story. She um, was born and grew up in Bilbao yeah. in the Basque Country, and um, she started cooking pretty much as soon as she started walking. Wow. And um, she actually said that she started... Because uh, she made a whole roast chicken by the age of eight. So, <laughs> That's um, pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> More on that. Yeah. Um, and then she came to London, and I chatted to her a bit about why she chose to come to London yeah. and the Spanish um, restaurant scene in London. Yeah. And also, because um, she um, was the head chef at Barafina, yeah, which, which is, a re- is another a revolutionary. Really famous one. Yeah. yeah. And they were really, di- were really doing different things. Yeah. Yeah. and really changed the Spanish uh, restaurant scene, I think, in London. Yeah. And her and her business partner, who I also got to chat to, oh, who is very charismatic and lovely. I've met him before. He's called Jose Etura. Yeah. And he also came over from Barafina. He was head of operations yeah. over there. And he um, he's worked his way up from being a pot washer wow. and polisher to now being the host of this incredible Spanish restaurant. So they're really embedded in the like the Spanish restaurant scene in London. Like Absolutely. they'll know all about it. That's great. And yeah. it sounds like they've got some really good stories to tell. They really do. Okay. And they're wonderful people. Okay, so. all right. Brilliant. Well let's have a listen to that. Thanks Alex. Hello, so I'm at Sabor, the Spanish tapas bar and asador in London's West End that has punters queuing around the block every night to try regional Spanish dishes and wines. I'm with owner and head chef Nieves Barragan Mojacho to talk about how London's Spanish food scene has developed over the years, along with Nieves' journey and her favourite regional dishes. So born in Bilbao, Nieves helped her mother in the kitchen almost before she was talking. So, hola, Nieves. Hola. <laughs> um, so, you started cooking and learning the secrets of Spanish cuisine from a very early, early age. Yeah. What's the first memory you have in the kitchen? Well, because I was cooking a lot with my mom. My mom, she's a very good cook. So, basically, my mom, she was teaching me pretty much everything. Uh, but the first memories I have, I remember that she used to try to help me well, help me. I used to help her. <laughs> uh, uh, easy thing. So my first thing I cook, it was a whole roast chicken with vegetables. The first so, thing you ever cooked. Yeah. Okay. That was that was that was my my first memory. Starting and, simply. <laughs> yeah. And um, um, I remember uh, because it, it it looked easy, but it was one of my 
you know, the chicken, when it come out, we used to put lemon, lemon juice, a white wine, and a beer. What? And a bay leaf, and a crushed garlic. And that, we used to stuff that, we used to stuff the chicken with that, and we just roast it. And uh, it was, for me, it was the most tastiest uh, chicken I never, I never had before, so that was my, my first memories. Wow, that's pretty impressive. For How old were you then, do you know? I think I was eight, right. eight or nine years Whole old. Whole roast chicken at eight years old, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> so which were your favorite Spanish dishes to cook while you were growing up? Um, Again, we, at home, we used to cook a lot of stewing. We love um, uh, beans stewing, chickpeas, lentils. So always at home, the first dish we have, always it was, we call it a spoon dish, which is stewing. Yes. Okay? And then uh, the, second, the second dish, it could be a fish or meat. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of braising or stewing. That was my one of my favorite things, and it's still one of my favorite things. It's a very it's traditional yeah, Spanish very regional warm. cuisine. Yes, very warm. Always eat it with a spoon and a piece of bread on the other side. Mm. That is the way uh, we like to eat at home. Yeah. So, what is it called? Cocido. The um, yeah. You yeah. can have a bean stew or so cocido madrileño. It's one of my favorite. Still, even if it's hot. Yeah. Even if it's hot, uh, uh, I, I love to eat it. Well, they do say um, you should actually drink tea when it's hot because it actually cools your helps yeah. cool your body yeah. down. Which doesn't seem seems a bit odd, yeah, but um, so yeah, maybe it's the same with stew. No, 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 I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> so with cocido, um, I um, travelled a lot in Spain, and I found that you often you have a different take on it everywhere you go. Um, so you have one in Asturias, for example. There's a different one. There's the beans. It's a, the aluviada. We call yeah. it the aluviada, which is again is uh, is one of my favourites. Uh, uh, every time I go to Asturias, the first thing I go is go and eat uh, a, a bean stew. If I'm going to Madrid, the first thing I'm going is to eat a uh, 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 cocido madrileño. Uh, yeah. where, where do you get the, the best cocido madrileño in Madrid? Uh, they call it La Bola. La Bola? La Bola. It's a very traditional, very old place. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Whereabouts is that in Madrid? I uh, don't know, but it's very central. No. Okay. I I always... Well, look it up then. <laughs> it's called La Bola. La, La Bola. Bola. Okay. Um, so, skipping forward. So, in 2003, you opened Fino in London as sous chef after working in other Spanish and French restaurants in London. Um, just a question. Why did you come to London to start your career as a professional chef and not go to somewhere like Barcelona or Madrid in Spain? Well, A, because I wasn't sure if I want to be a chef. Right, When I okay. was uh, 20 years, uh, I wasn't, I was, uh, I love food, I love eating and I love uh, cooking it, but it doesn't mean that you want to be a chef. Uh, so I decided to have a one year uh, uh, travel and eat different cuisines or maybe try in different cuisines, uh, met uh, new people. And, uh, and then I came to London, I started to work in uh, Simple Nico. Uh, it's a French restaurant. There used to be three, and one of them used to have one star Michelin. And uh, I just fell in love. I fell in love yeah. of uh, how uh, tidy uh, and respect you have to be in the kitchen uh, with the food and your colleague. So for me, one year, it flew very quickly. Wow. Uh, so I say, I'm going to start another year. And uh, 22 years later, I'm still in <laughs> London, which is great. great. I'm very pleased you are as well, because <laughs> Sam was definitely my favourite restaurant in London at the moment. Oh, so thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so 
in just four years at Fino, you made your way up to head chef. What did you learn in those years at Fino? Lot, lot, because it was uh, uh, first year I was the sous chef, and then I became a head chef. Uh, so I start to have I have the rule to have to you have to deal with people, you have to deal with the uh, uh, paperwork. Uh, and uh, uh, you have to create new dishes, you have to... So basically it was my b strong base where uh, I start to develop myself. Mm -hmm. So Fino, it was... Uh, yeah, I have a great memory. Fino was my, my opportunity to be what we are now. Yeah, Amazing. basically, yeah. So, um, Barafina then opened in 2008 and that was my favorite Spanish restaurant before Savoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it really was like the first of its kind in London and really set the bar really high for tapas. Yeah. So how do you feel that the Spanish food scene has developed over the years? Because we've gone from very, you know, traditional, like you couldn't necessarily get the best uh, Spanish food. It was a lot of paella, fried food. And now we've come to amazing restaurants such as uh, Barafina and Sabor. Like, how do you feel that that's happened? I, I think it's because, uh, yeah, I think uh, Barrafina was one of the biggest influence to this happen uh, because um, uh, Barrafina, the main thing, it was a fresh ingredients yeah. and a very high quality ingredients. And I think that is why people start to, you know, know about more Spanish cuisine. And it was because uh, Spain is so, the diversity of the food in Spain is so different, north to south, east to west. Uh, so I think Barafina, he was starting to get people to know like Carabineros, the black rice, cycling pig. So it was, for me, it was my first taste. I was tasting, you know, mm -hmm. tasting uh, what, what is the reaction for, to, to the guest uh, to come to Barafina. So I think, London now is probably, or it is for me, the most important capital in Europe as a, a, a gastronomic, gastronomy. so I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, and and it's, not only, it's not only Barafina, you have another, you know, you have a Pizarro as well. Which yeah, is, Jose uh, Pizarro, we love Pizarro. him, Olive. You have Iberica, you know, uh, uh, they are great. They are, the, the ingredients are fantastic, so I think it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really simple dishes. So one of my favorite dishes, um, having lived in Spain for a long time, is actually pimientos de padrón, because they're literally just green peppers with oil fried with sea Mild salt. salt exactly, yeah. or sea salt, exactly. And it just really shows that you've got... It's a bit like... Italy has been known for that kind of very simple food for a long time, but I think Spanish food is really starting... People are starting to realise... It's very good that you, you, you did that, that, that mention about the Pimentos del Padrón because everyone knows about the Pimentos del Padrón. But in the Basque country, we have Pimentos del País. Ah, which OK. Which is very, very similar to Pimentos del Padrón. Oh, I'll have to try this. You see? And, and uh, people are still confused. They say, ah, Nieves, this is Pimentos del Padrón. No, this is Pimentos no. del País. It's from Guernica. It's from the Basque country. So that's why it's about... I'm trying to develop, yeah. uh, you know, uh, more ingredients which look similar, but they are from different regions. And uh, that is where people go, ah! And, uh, and, you know, the Pimentos del Padrón are great. But I only have it... I'm going to have it only for two months. 
Okay. Because that's the only seasonality. You Amazing. see what I mean? So we're trying to be in Sabor, we're trying to be more seasoning as well. More, more, yeah. Okay. And well, what's the difference between the, the Pimientas del Pais and the this Pimientas del Padre? This one, they're a little bit longer. Okay. And a little bit more, uh, the media, a little bit media. And maybe sweeter. Okay. Maybe sweeter, if I, if I, if nice. I call it like this, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, on to Sabor. Um, so you opened Sabor, was it earlier this year? Uh, first of February. First of February. <laughs> exactly. With your very charismatic business partner, Jose Etura, and I'm yes. going to be chatting with him in a bit as well. Yes. Um, and it was pretty much one of the most successful restaurant launches in London with queues around the block, fully booked Asador a month in advance, and full mark reviews across the board. So uh, <laughs> are you pretty happy? <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I have to say that is uh, Jose and I, our dream come true. Because Jose and I, we work in Barrafina for together for 12 years. So we know each other very well. And I think when we create Sabor, this is our dream. Uh, it's a dream come true. So, yeah. And we, we're happy to see the guests happy. Yeah. And we're happy to see the staff happy as well. And uh, it's, it's, I'm happy to come to work. Good. Let's call it like this. I'm That's a good sign. You look very happy work. now, and it's very early in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really shows. Yeah. And um, what what did you want to create specifically in Sabor? So, um, I know, for example, you don't have things like paella. You wanted to create something more traditional and regional. Mm. Is, was there any other like parameters and things you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, the point of Sabor is um, uh, we have a bar area which is more focused in uh, Andalusia. And then we have uh, the counter, which is maybe more my type of cuisine, which is uh, more maybe Basque or Catalonia. And then we have the asador, which is more uh, a center of Spain, like Madrid, Segovia, and Galicia. So this is the idea. We're calling a full journey to Spain. This yeah. is, this is uh, uh, what we're trying to achieve in Sabor is when you arrive, you think what you want to eat, and we're going to make sure that that happens. Great. Because you can have a cycling pig, you can have an octopus, you have a, a, a big rib, ste- a, a, a rib steak, a, a, which is a, a basque. Uh, you can have uh, rices, but we make a laminu. They're more mellow. We call it uh, arroces melosos. Or, or you can have a uh, fried things, which is in the bar. Uh, uh, we can, like Andalusia, where you can come have uh, a chacoli or have a uh, vermu with a uh, couple of croquetas or a couple of uh, anchovies, and then uh, off you go. You see? Yeah. So this is well, the idea of Sabor. Uh, uh, think what you want to eat. And then we're going to make sure that that happens. Great. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, all that, and it's also a great um, reflection because sabor means taste in Spanish. So yes. you really get to taste whatever you want. So Yeah, um, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. You yeah. know, we, uh, and then, um, so talking about taste, what are the most popular dishes then here? Um, okay, if we are in the bar area, I think one of the most popular are croquetas. Okay, of and course, how, how do you make the perfect croqueta for my... No, 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 the, the, the key is the bechamel, yeah, it's yeah. the flour, okay. Uh, I have the recipe in my book, I don't oh. have nothing to hide, and okay. we don't hide. And funny enough, we're happy when customers ask us, how you made that? 
we, we're happy to, 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 to share yeah. because uh, uh, we don't have nothing to hide. That's why everything is open. You see, yeah. Sabor, uh, if you are in the bar or you are in the counter or you are in the asador, the kitchen are open because we want to talk with the guests. I want the chef to talk to, to the guests and, and if they want to ask questions, I'm happy for them to tell them where it's come from, how we do it. So the key, the key is, 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 the, is the bechamel. It's not, not putting too much flour. And, uh, you know, a good bechamel, it takes two hours to make. Wow. Okay. Yeah, slow. You know, make sure that the make sure that the, you cook the flour properly with the butter, and then you the uh, you add the milk, and you just keep stirring, keep stirring, and make it making a yeah a nice and thick and shiny bechamel. Mm. So it's no, it's no. You have to care. You have, uh, you have to care, but uh, it's easy. Everyone can make a bechamel. It's just time. Yeah. It's just time. And love. <laughs> and love. We call that and love. <laughs> um, and oh, one of my favorite dishes in Spanish cuisine is the cochinillo, so the baby suckling mm. pig. Yeah. Um, and you do that in the asado, don't you? Yeah. Um, every time I'm going to Segovia, I always go into this place called uh, uh, Jose Maria. I've been there ah, twice, yes. yeah. It's my favorite Incredible. place. Incredible, yeah. So I always go there to have a lamb sweetbread and the cochinillo. Ah, okay. And the cochinillo. Uh, uh, and that's what we're trying to do as well in the, in, the, in the asador. I brought the oven, the classic oven from Segovia. Oh, wow, that's commitment. So the traditional oven where we cook in the cycling peak in the traditional way. And it's the only one, I think, in UK. Wow. And what it's is a that? Wood, is it's that a the wood, black one yeah, here? It's a okay. wood oven. So the, um, the heat is coming from underneath. And then there's a disc where the cycling piece, they rotate. Right. And, uh, and uh, it, really, it really makes the difference. I used to cook cycling piece in Fino. I used to cook cycling piece in Barafina. But... Um, this is the one. This is this this is the uh, the key. And um, yeah, everyone has been having the cycling pick. Everyone has been saying you know, how amazing it is. And it's all about good quality of a cycling pick, obviously, and uh, and the oven and okay. the oven. Well, I'll try that next time for sure. <laughs> um, another thing. So something I had last time was um, the like omelet with the camarones. Ah yes, yes. That's very popular. And that's quite unusual, isn't it? Um, yes, uh, I love to make different flavors of uh, uh, croquetas and I like to make different uh, uh, types of omelets. Uh, so we're trying to change as much as possible to give different flavors to the, to the tortilla. Same. And yeah, we put in artichokes, we put in piquillo, we put in black pudding, we put in the camarones. And it's, you know, I always say uh, the tortilla... Uh, is very welcome any kind of meat, fish, or vegetables. Yeah. Um, always left, even for us, for the staff, sometimes the leftovers, we mix it with the tortilla and it's great. <laughs> cool. And any other favorite dishes? Right. Um, we have uh, oxtail. Oh, yes. Uh, I've tried people have well. been talking about That's the oxtail. Uh, the, the Iberico duck. The Iberico duck is very popular. We have a rice. Uh, Iberico duck is because uh, I buy this duck from Catalonia. And, and the producer, what he does, is, is the uh, last month, 
giving a econ. Like econ. Uh, oh, like, yes. Like, like this. Econ uh, seeds. Yeah, econ seeds. Like the jamón. And uh, he's giving that nuttiest flavors to the duck. Oh, wow. One of the next uh, most popular dishes at the counter is the rice with the red mallet. It's a, we call it arroz meloso with the red mallet. That's been one of the most, most popular. And the chipiron. Stuff with the own ink and the hake. Yes. It's a basque dish. And that's been pre, pre, pretty much another one, one of the yeah. uh, most popular desserts. So, chip it on just for, for those of you um, listening, is a squid, isn't it? It's a squid. Yeah. It's a, a squid. And what we do, what we do is uh, uh, we caramelize onions. We, we clean the squid, we cut all the guts, and we add all that to the caramelized onions. Ah. With a little bit of sherry, <laughs> it's always good. A little bit, always, yeah. Yeah, always good. And uh, we just cook it for very, 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 very slow cook for like maybe two hours. And then we stuff the squid. And then we add the own ink. Wow, okay. And it's, as I say, the way it looks and the way people is, you know, I love when people taste food and they go like, wow. Yeah. This is... This is when everyone is put a smile yeah. uh, on the face. And that was one of my mom's, uh, 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 one of my mom's uh, uh, recipe, I have to say. Oh, yeah. that's I amazing. I tweet a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's all about, exactly. But this is, was another, another of my memories, uh, this is. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's a nice story. So you've yeah you've really adapted a traditional recipe and like made it your own. Um, and I feel like that's um, what's going on a lot at the moment in um, the Spanish food movement. So like, where do you see it going next? The Spanish food scene. I think I think uh, now people start to knowledge where the ingredients come from, and this is the. They could think because now people say, "Ah, no, the pulpo yeah, is coming from Galicia, the octopus. Ah, yeah, the exactly piece from Segovia." Um, so I think um, uh, it's giving us the opportunity to create uh, uh, more restaurants and maybe more traditional from regions, which is fantastic because, as I say, the diversity of the food from north to south and west to east is 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 very very different. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a, a huge shame that I think, obviously, as you said, we, we're a lot more educated now, but it's a huge shame that people think that Spanish food is just paella and really fried, heavy or, things. Or, or because, dry tortilla. Yeah. And uh, we love to make uh, a, a tortilla a little bit runny, yeah. uh, which is, yeah. Because it's really, really worth... I did a... I was lucky enough to have a month to do a food tour, and honestly, <laughs> the... the the diversity in ingredients yeah. and dishes is amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm really happy that people are starting to realise how amazing Spanish cuisine is. So, it's thank very you. Funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's very funny because people, before I opened Sabor, they used to say to me, because I'm Basque, I'm from Bilbao, and people used to say, are oh, you going to open a Basque restaurant? Well, no, because I love Spain. I love Mallorca, I love Cadiz, I love Barcelona, I love Galicia, so, and I love cooking. So I don't want to just do one thing. I want to I wanna have the opportunity to cook the entire cuisine. I have a Basque dishes, but not only I want to just be cooking one, one, one type of uh, cuisine, uh, which is 
That's why I think we're happy. Yeah, very ambitious, but I think you've, <laughs> you've managed to do it. So thank you. Thank you. So I think we're going to have a chat to your business partner, Jose, as yes. well, about um, some Chacoli, the Basque wine and vermouth. So uh, Yes, they're amazing. They're amazing <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. Very, very good. All right, thanks for chatting. Thank you so much. Ciao. Okay, so now I'm chatting to Jose Etura, Neres' business partner and owner of Sabor. Um, so, Jose, you're in charge of the hospitality and the floor of Sabor. And I must say um, that you do a pretty good job because when I came here and dined, I used to live in Spain for a long time and I genuinely felt homesick for Spain because... I felt like I was in Spain and then I realised I wasn't and I was like, oh no, I want to go back. And that's an amazing thing to do because it's very, very difficult to get a truly authentic ambience when we're in a huge city such as London um, and you've managed to, to nail it. So how did you do it? <laughs> What's the secret? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for your kind words. And well, I've been always trying to hire people in a, probably in a different way. I don't look their CV but I look to their personality. So I would say like I look for the 51%. So 51%, it will be what you have inside rather than what you have learned. Yep. And I'm happy, I think that everybody can learn you know, as long as they are keen to. But a very difficult thing to teach, and actually impossible, is uh, how you treat other people and how you feel uh, with other people. So. I guess that that is the, my secret. And actually, I'm very lucky to find all these great uh, workers, uh, really nice people. Maybe they are not the best in uh, wine, in the wine field, or in the, or in many other aspects. But they are really, really good people. Yeah. And that's the main thing. That's a very, very good ethos to have, and it's so true as well. You can't teach people how to be nice and um, charismatic, can you? So, no, 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 that, yeah. that's true. And actually, it's, it's, you know, this, this job can be difficult. I mean, people come here with a lot of expectations. Sometimes they don't find what they want. Sometimes they need to wait. They don't want to wait. So it's really difficult to keep calm and keep nice when sometimes you find that the other person is not giving back that. So... Yes. So, yeah, I think that is, that is the main thing, like you being nice with others. Okay, good. And you, obviously, um, as you said, you can't really learn that, but how have you, because you were head, what, at Barafina, what was your role? Well, a, at the very end, I was a operations director. Yeah. Uh, so but, what did you learn from your experience at Barafina? Well, many, many things. <laughs> it's, it's like, actually, I learned uh, from, from Eddie Hart, I learned to keep an eye on, on the details, on the small details, which is where slowly we all fail. It's the, it's the most difficult uh, thing to see. But he used to come to the restaurant and start checking everything and see every single detail. And he's like, how can you see that? And he did. And I started learning that. And, and then, actually, Barafina was my first job in, the, in hospitality. Oh, uh, wow, OK. So I started as a polisher, then I became waiter, and... In that process, I'll, I learn everything I know, basically. Again, I think that originally I was a people, a people person. I, I can vouch for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest is, is, is where I learned. Okay, mm. amazing. Um, and 
so you also are in charge of the uh, the drinks at Savoir, yes. um, and you have an amazing um, wine from um, the Basque Country called yes. Chacoli. Chacoli, and yes. um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Chacoli? Well, I mean, Chacoli is uh, well before before I moved to Savoir, I thought that Chacoli you could find basically the white Chacoli and sometimes rosé. Uh, Chacolí is a, is a wine original from the Basque Country. It's a slightly spritzy, uh, yeah. really fresh, really acidic, a lot of apple in there. Uh, yeah, perfect match with some tapas or with seafood. But then I started researching because we wanted to add something extra in, on the menu. Okay, so we started with trying to find different Chacolís. So we ended up discovering that there is sweet chocolate, that there is red chocolate, which actually it took me a long time and a lot of headaches <laughs> to find. And actually, once I found it, it took me a lot of time to bring it. Yeah. It's just a very, very, very short production, very small. Where uh, is it made? Uh, in the Basque Country? Yeah, in the Basque Country. Uh, this is from... Uh, uh, this is Vizcaya. This is from Vizcaya. Vizcaya. Okay. Uh, basically, you can you can do chacoli with three different grapes: on the Rivi Suri, on the Rivi Belza, and on the Rivi Serratia. Sorry, it took, it, took, it took him a little while to <laughs> remember early, that. Don't worry. Yes, it's early. I didn't have my coffee yet. <laughs> and, and then, with in terms of when you pour, because it's quite a, a spectacle when you're pouring the yes. chacoli. Can you? Um, tell people about what that does. So basically you hold it from very high up and you do this um, very, I'm sure it's a very precise motion of up and down and yeah. like it's very smooth. And what does that do? Well, uh, basically the idea, uh, the idea of the, to do that is, is to open the wine, to make the air come through, to all these little bubbles to, I guess, move around so all the flavors and the aromas. Uh, come to life. Okay. And also you have vermouth on tap. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which is. is a great sign. <laughs> it is brilliant. Yeah. I, I love vermouth. And actually, I love vermouth. I, I'm not sure if I can do I can say this, but this is a very long time. Before probably drinking age. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I'm sure everyone's the same. Yeah. Um, so we, um, we actually did a, a chat about vermouth and aperitif um, with our wine writer, Kate Hawkins, recently mm -hmm. on the podcast. So um, if you want to learn more about that, then um, do go and listen. But um, what's your favourite vermouth? Like? Well, I... I... I tell you what, and like uh, in like in many different fields in life. I mean, it depends on your mood. Exactly. It's like music. It's like food. It's like, but I really like the draft vermouth that we have here. Mm -hmm. And actually, this was was a dream. I really want to bring draft vermouth a long, long time. Just actually, before we opened the second Barrafina, okay. uh, it was already an idea that I had. And and you know, there is a lot behind vermouth. There is a lot. Uh, in Spain, it's a tradition. Yes. And, and that you... is why. So we have even a sentence uh, to describe that. It's like, ir a tomar el vermouth, so which means go to have the vermouth. Sí. And it's like, 
it doesn't need to be vermouth when you go to have El, El vermouth. But basically after church or on the Saturday morning, uh, before going, to, going back home to have lunch, you have a vermouth and you have some tapas. Ah, nice. So I really want to, I'm trying to recreate this here. Yeah, I feel mm. like, because when I, when I visited Spain, and I didn't use, did it when I lived there, but when I've been back since, often I have a vermouth for, um, like, almost for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, well, just like late morning, because yes. it's a really lovely thing to have. And also, you have it on ice with an olive. Like, yeah. that's something that I only started having recently. And is, is that how you would have it? Yes. Uh, yeah. If it's white vermouth, uh, you will have with lemon. If it's uh, red vermouth, you will have with yeah. orange. Yes. So some, some people add also a little, a little tiny bit of gin. Okay, uh, so you're almost making a Negroni there. <laughs> yes, but normally people have it uh, neat. Yeah. A little bit of soda, but yeah. that's pretty much it. That's something that I think um, a lot of people have had vermouth only in Negronis and these, mm. like, and martinis, etc. but... I think what it's great you're doing as well is educating people that you can just have it on its own, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be drunk, really. Exactly. And the other thing is, like, you have a wide profile of, of vermouths. It's not just the vermouth that you will have in the Negroni. It's like, uh, basically, we have a vermouth from uh, Jerez, yep. the uh, Lustau, and they have a lot of similarities with the sherry. Because they use the same grape. The shower, yes, yeah. exactly. It's, a, it's very similar process on the wine, but then you add some some other uh, uh, vanillas or uh, some other uh, spices. But the thing is, like, there is a wide range in flavors, textures, and aromas in the vermouth. So it's a it's a vast world. Yeah. So, it's not so just one vermouth. Get, better get trying, hey. Yeah, you, you should. Try them all. Maybe when we finish, it will be the, yeah. the, the vermouth time. I'm not sure I'm going to go to work. Um, so um, I think that's all we've got time for now. But if you want to try um, Nieves' food and Jose's hospitality for yourself, then uh, do come down to Sabor. It's 35 to 37 Hedden Street, which is tucked away behind Regent Street in central yes. London. Um, so, gracias, Jose. And, um, yeah, let's go and have some vermouth. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a copy of our June issue now, or you can go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.